How many of you believe in prayer? Raise your hand if you believe in prayer. How many of you don't pray as often as you should? Why is it? Why is it as followers of Jesus, knowing that we have access to go boldly before the throne of God, knowing that God hears our prayers and he's moved by our faith, but yet our prayer life finds its way to be inconsistent, haphazard, often faithless many of the time. I don't know about you, but I found that in my own life. Sometimes I can go before God and it not be a very faith-filled prayer. And for many of us today, we love God, we honor God, but maybe it's because we, the reason why we don't pray as much is because we feel that we're not good at it. We don't even really know what to pray. Like if you've ever been in a prayer group, you know, you've been praying around or, or you're, someone starts to pray and then it's like, you know, you're praying in a circle. Anybody have been in a circle and it's like everybody prays in the circle and you got to follow the next person. And I always want to be the first person because if I jack it up, somebody else can pick it up on the back end. You don't want to be like the third or fourth person in the prayer line. Because what tends to happen is someone prays and you're like, how am I supposed to follow that? They got like this professional prayer. Like you went to school for this. And like you get the more points, like it's like points when you quote scripture, like it's on a point system, right? Someone's like, you know, and you says in your word, Lord, that you would never leave us nor forsake us, that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. It's like you get more points. And you even know where the scripture's at. You even get more points if you bind the devil in your prayer. Anybody ever pray with someone that's like, and I just bind the devil in the name of the, and you're like, how am I supposed to follow? Ding, 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 that's more points. It's real good if someone's in the prayers like, oh, yes, Lord, and they're not the one praying. That's like extra points. You're like, oh, I'm extra spiritual. Someone says, yes, Lord. I don't know about you, but in times in my life, I've often felt like a prayer failure. I honestly feel that. I, I, I mean, for me, I get ADD when I'm praying. Anybody like that with me? Be honest today. You get ADD. I start praying, and then I start thinking about something else, and I just, next thing I know, I'm like, wasn't I just praying like a second ago? And I found myself worrying about what I'm going to do at work and, you know, my kids or this. And I, like, it just all changed. And I feel like sometimes when I pray, like, I can make myself bored. And I begin to think, I wonder if God is bored. If I'm bored, I'm sure God is bored. And I found that much of what we pray is too safe. It's too safe. We pray things like, oh, God, be with us. It's a great prayer, but it's, it's just safe. Oh, Lord, protect us in our day. Bless us, Lord. Thank you. It's predictable. Safe. Oh, Lord, let me have the parking spot at Walmart when I drive up, Lord. Y'all know y'all do it. Don't act like y'all holier than now. Lord, bless this greasy cheeseburger and fries and the chips and salsa. Let it be a nourishment to my... No, it's not going to be a nourishment to your body. You can't pray away love handles. Like it... Some of you are like, can you just get to the sermon? I'm in the sermon. It's my introduction. But I wonder if the all-powerful God looks at our prayers sometimes and spills insult because we pray too safe of prayers. We pray prayers that are just the basic predictable prayers. And I'm really excited to dive into this today because I hope and I believe and I know that God is going to change something in your prayer life if you'll let him. That today, I, I pray that you walk out of here with a different perspective in your prayer life. Why? Because 99% of the room today raised their hand and said they believe in the power of prayer. Then if we do, then let's pray the right way. Let's pray prayers that aren't just safe, that aren't just predictable, that aren't just easygoing. Let's pray prayers that are actually bold. Let's learn to pray prayers that are actually dangerous, that are risky, that are prayers that if it wasn't for God, I don't know how it's going to happen. 
That's the kind of prayer life because we serve a God who is all-knowing, all-powerful, miracle-working God. Am I alone up here today? Because let me tell you, following Jesus was never meant to be safe. We think a lot of times that it is. Never meant to be safe. And I want to pull out some scripture today before we do our prayer in Acts chapter 4. And I'm going to give you a little bit of context while you're turning there. You already know what I'm going to ask you to do, but we're going to read at Acts chapter 4 today. What we're seeing in this passage is two men that were disciples of Jesus named Peter and John. And Jesus has already resurrected and gone off to be ascended, to be at the right hand of God. And they're preaching the name of Jesus. They're preaching the message of Jesus. Jesus has died on a cross. He's resurrected. He's been raised from the dead. And they're preaching this message to all of the towns that they walk into. And while preaching this message, they, they see a man who had been lame for 40 years. He could not walk. And when they prayed for him, he was miraculously healed. Something just crazy took place. And the religious leaders, the priests, the Sadducees, the, the captain of the temple, the guards, they, they were furious. They were, they were completely just upset. How can they be doing this? How, how could they be preaching in this, this name? And they, they, they were like, this has to be some kind of cultish thing. And they, so they, you know what they did? They threw him in jail. It wasn't a good day for Peter and John. So the next day comes about and Peter and John are, they're about to go before trial, before the Sanhedrin. And they begin to ask them and question them in this courtroom. Like, on what authority are you preaching this? Who gave you this authority? And this is where we get to Peter, where he said, or get to Acts chapter 4, where Peter says this in verse 10. I'm just giving you context as I don't want to read all 36 verses today. Acts chapter 4, verse 10. This was his response to the religious leaders when they asked him, by what authority do you do this? He said this, let me clearly state to all of you and all the people of Israel that he, has, he was healed by the power of the name of Jesus the Nazarene. He's talking about the paralyzed man, and now he's walking. The man you crucified, he's saying that name Jesus is the man that you, you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. That you've got to understand that they are before a judge and the boldness that they had to confront, this, to, to have this measure, is beyond measure, to say, you killed him, this guy named Jesus, you killed him and God raised him from the dead. They're going at him. So he's bold. Now, I got to understand the Sadducees didn't believe in bodily resurrection. So they're like, what are you talking about? He's like, you did this, but God. How many need a but God moment in your life where somebody may have done something to you, but God can change everything. And basically, what happens is Peter declares war. He declares war. Let's continue on. Verse 13, this jump. The members of the council were amazed by what they saw. They saw the boldness of Peter and John. For they could see that they were just ordinary men. With no special training in the scriptures. Now, I'm just going to read those few verses today. And then we're going to unpack a little bit more as we go along. And I want to title this message today for taking notes. Make me bold. Make me bold. Before I pray today, I want to add to something. Pastor Danny's not here today because he's with his father who's in the hospital today. Having a procedure done. And while we pray over the sermon today, I want to pray over my grandfather. Who is the legacy beginner of all of this. And pray that his health, we would see health back into his body. We believe in dangerous prayers, right? If we don't, we're about to start. But I want us to pray today. I want to pray that God not only will allow us to hear his word and we would be transformed by it, but God would also provide a miracle 
in his body. Father, we thank you. You are the all-powerful God. God who hears our prayers, a God who cares when we're hurting. So God, we lift up not only this message to you today, lift our hearts to you that we would be transformed by your word, but God, we also lift up Pastor Jabbo Green. We pray for health and wholeness in his body. We believe in your miracle working power. We know that you're able. That's not in question. God, we just pray today that you would do what only you can do. We make our petition before you today and we come to you with thanksgiving. Because God, you are the ultimate healer. You are the provider. You are the Prince of Peace. You are the ultimate physician. So God, I pray today that during this procedure this morning, Lord, that you would instruct the doctors and the nurses and all the medical team, that everything would go smoothly. And God, beyond that, we just pray for a miracle in his body. And God, if there's anyone here today or under the sound of my voice that is in need of a miracle, in need of healing today. We declare those same things over their body today. Because again, we know that you're able. That's not in question. Pray that you would speak to us today as we hear your word. Let us be transformed by it. Let us be renewed, refreshed, restored. God, today we pray that you would make us bold to believe for things, Lord, that maybe we've never believed before. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Everybody said amen. amen. You may be seated. Have you ever been amazed by someone else's boldness? Saw somebody do something that you wish you would have done, and you were like, man, I wish I had that kind of boldness. Anybody ever seen somebody do something like that? Maybe it's something that you've desired in your life, or maybe it's, there's a gifting that, that you wish you had, and you watch somebody stand up and do something, or, or you watch someone take this risk, and you're like, man, I wish I had that kind of boldness. I know there's been times in my life where I've watched things play out, and I'm like, man, I wish. I had that kind of boldness. Anybody, ever, anybody with me today? Like you've, you've, you've thought that, you saw that, maybe a mentor of yours and maybe somebody you, you, you look upon and you're like, I wish I had that. What we're seeing in this passage today is Peter and John being incredibly bold for Jesus. Incredibly bold. So bold that these people, these religious leaders, the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the Sanhedrin, they are, they are amazed by their boldness because these are just ordinary men. The Bible said they had no special training. This, they, were, they were just normal, ordinary, typical men. And the Greek word, if you actually understand what the Greek word of what, they, what this means, is actually the Greek word is called idiotes. Yes, translated in Greek, is ordinary, unschooled, of no special value. In other words, the English translation comes in to say idiots. So these religious leaders are blown away at a couple of idiots who had nothing special about them. 
They had no special training, but they were incredibly bold for the name of Jesus. Incredibly bold. But see, now they're in this dilemma. Because these as they stand before Peter and John, these Pharisees and Sadducees, the man that was healed is standing right next to him. Walking. And the Sadducees are like, we got to stop these people. They're causing they're causing a revolution. They're, they're, it's changing everything. Their people are not looking to us anymore. They felt threatened. And so in return, they decided they were going to threaten Peter and John. They told them, you're not allowed to preach the name of Jesus anymore. Do not preach it. You're not allowed. You will be beaten. You will go to prison. You will even be put to death if you continue to preach in the name of Jesus. This is what they told them. And you know what they did? You know what their response was? They prayed. But you know what they didn't pray was, oh, Lord, keep us safe. They're threatening us. Keep us safe. God, they didn't pray that. They didn't pray. Oh, Lord, we need you to protect us. Keep us comfortable. Keep us safe. Trouble free. Don't let anything bad happen to us, God. You see what they're saying? They didn't pray that. They actually prayed a very dangerous prayer. I want to show you that the prayer that they prayed, and I hope and believe that, and I, I want to tell you, this is our dangerous prayer as a church this week. And I pray and I believe that you will hopefully will incorporate this same prayer in your daily life, in your walk with Christ. This is the prayer they prayed in Acts chapter 4, verse 29. It says this, and now... Oh, Lord, hear their threats and give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. They didn't pray, God, please keep us safe. They're going to kill us. They're threatening us. They, they're going to beat us if we keep saying, God, I don't know if we can do it. They didn't pray that. They prayed. God, I know what they said. And you hear their threats. But God, make us more bold in preaching your word. That's a dangerous prayer. God, give us unshakable spiritual convictions. Spiritual urgency to obey you no matter the cost. That was their prayer. I know what they said. God, I pray that you would give us a conviction. As I was reading this passage, it made me think about something today, and that's this. I wonder how amazed are people by your boldness? On a scale of 1 to 10, there's your scale. Okay, it's not there. 1 to 10, let's imagine. I wonder how amazed people are at your boldness. You're going to talk about this in your small group this week. You're actually going to answer the question. I'm not going to make you raise your hands today, but... 10 being that everyone knows you're a follower of Jesus. Like you're incredibly bold for God. I'm not talking like condemning and judgmental and standing on a street corner yelling, turn or burn. No, that's not bold. That's idiot. What I'm telling today is like a 10 is people that people that see your life. They know that Jesus is on you. Because you speak up, you stand up for what's right. You stand out, you show up. People can see the fruit in your life. They know, oh, they've got to be a follower of Jesus. I know why they told me. They live it. They show it. They're there. That's a 10. A one on the low end of the spectrum would be you would have coworkers that wouldn't even know you're a Christian. They even go to the same church as you, and they may not even know that. There's no fruit in your life. There's no evidence that you show that Jesus is on your life. That would be a one. How bold, how, how bold, how amazed are people at your boldness? It's the question that we're all going to answer in our small group this week. And I remember one time, a time when I was bold, this was actually a couple of years ago uh, during COVID year in 2020. And that's all we all experienced. We were at shelter at home. Everybody was at home. Everything was shut down and you couldn't really go anywhere. And they're beginning to be, after about three or four months, trust me, with, with kids and all that, I was like, it's not COVID that's going to kill me. It's these kids and my wife. Like, 
I wasn't worried about that, but we were, we, we were, you know, you couldn't go anywhere. You couldn't really do anything because everything was closed or you had to have masks on. You had to do all this stuff. And it's really hard when you have kids. And so we, we, we came to a point where like, we're going to go to the beautiful island of Galveston. That was all we could look forward to. Why? Because it had started to open up a little bit and there were some restaurants that were open. It wasn't just, you know, to go food. You could actually sit down. And so we decided that we would, we would, we would book a, a hotel or Airbnb. I forget what we did. And we were like, we're going to take a family. We're going to go. We're going to spend some time. So we go to the beautiful ocean and beach of the industrial park Galveston with its murky brown water. As we're driving up to on the sand, like, you know, you got like the, the beach entrance. You're driving up. Kendall's like, oh, my God, this is so beautiful. Like she's crying. It's brown water, babe. Like it's not that beautiful. But because we were stuck in the place for so long, you know, it was like anything was better than just looking at our four walls in our home. And, and so we were like just desperate to get it. So we get out and the kids are running and Kendall's just standing there taking pictures, you know. We enjoying the moment. Kids getting sand in their eyes. They start to scream and all this stuff. The next thing I know, I get approached by this guy. Now, the reason why this guy approached me, I'll get to in a second. But this man begins to start talking to me and I, I committed him for his boldness came up to me and he said, hey, I want you to know that Jesus loves you. Now, me being a pastor, I don't always tell people, hey, I'm a pastor. Why? Because they immediately get over spiritual. Oh, how blessed and highly favored are you? Bless the Lord. I used to drive for Uber. That was the question you didn't want to ask me. Was, well, what do you do for a living? Mm, wrong question. Because I took some people to some pretty shady places and you didn't want to know that I was a pastor in this community with the places I was taking you. And they'd ask the question. They'd be like, oh, hey, what do you do after we just came from this certain place where they bought some things and they're going to a hotel? And I was like, ah, you don't want to ask that question. Like, what do you do? I'm like, mm, pastor. They said, what? I said, I'm a pastor. And they were like, and we took you to. I said, no, you didn't take me. I drove you, dropped you off. I waited in the car. I don't know where I'm going with all this, but anyway. Oh, I don't tell people I'm always, so I just sit there and this, it was a young guy. He was about 17, 18 years old. He began to kind of talk and uh, start to say all this stuff. But then I began to realize very quickly his theology was completely off. He began to start talking about some stuff and he began to challenge some things. And I was like, mm, I have questions about that. And I began asking some questions. Again, he does not know I'm a pastor and what I do. And so begin to have this conversation and I begin to feel something rise in me. I'm not normally like this, like. I'm normally if someone starts saying something stupid, I just kind of be like, oh, well, you can just be stupid on your own. I got my family here and I could have easily just stepped away. But something stepped up in me. There was a plus I'm in a town that nobody really knows me. And so I was like, I'll say whatever I want to say. And anybody going to see me anyway. I ain't got to go to church with them. It's the truth. But the reason why the guy approached me was because he the way my appearance looked, he thought I wasn't a believer. And it was because of my this. That was why. Because I have a half sleeve tattoo of something that I believe God told me who I'm called to be. And I put it in a certain language. Why? Because it's something that's special to me. I waited 10 years to get it. But nobody knows that. So when he looked at me, he didn't think I was a Christian. He began to approach me. So I commended him for his boldness. Now, his reasoning was off, but he, he, I was commending him for what he did. But then he began to challenge things. And I began to stand up. And for 45 minutes, mind you, we, we just, we've been locked up. My kids are crying in the background. I got sand in my eye. Like, like it's my wife's like, babe, come on. Like, we just ready to see the ocean. And like, and I'm going at it with this dude. Like, I'm and I'm getting incredibly bold. I'm like, say something else. Like, I mean, we we I'm standing in front of this dude. I still haven't told him I'm a pastor yet. I wait to the end, but I get incredibly bold and I begin to help him see something. And he really he didn't want to see it. He was too young. And I said, You need some more training. If you're going to go around preaching the name of Jesus, then you better be right about what you're preaching because the way that you're preaching it is not according to the scripture. And what you're saying about the church is completely off theologically. So you better get it right, young man. And who is your overseer? Who do you, who do you submit to? And he goes, I don't submit to nobody but God. And I'm like, okay, well, that's cool and all. But who did God place in your life to be a spiritual overseer? Because God does that. That is biblical. Where are you coming from? Oh, I don't, it's just me and Jesus. I said, that's dumb. That shows how immature you are as a believer. Even Timothy had Paul like. So anyway, that was part of the conversation. I won't take you through all of it. 
30 minutes later, my brother shows up. I'm still yelling at this dude on the beach. And he's, he walked in, he's like, what's happening? You remember this? You remember this? And he comes up for about 10 minutes. And Vince is like, you know what? I'm going to leave this conversation because I'm just going to get out of here. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Jared. I did show. I chose it. I chose it. I was feeling a little froggy that day, so I felt a little bold. But it was a time when I was bold and I stood up for what was right. I was convicted by the Holy Spirit. You may say, well, I just don't feel like I'm that bold of a person. In a biblical sense, let me tell you, boldness is not a personality trait. You may, may normally be a timid person, someone who's shy, hesitant, but can I tell you that when you, get, when you, when you get bold, what happens is when the Holy Spirit hits you, it emboldens you to do things that you wouldn't normally do. I want you to understand that. And as we continue to read on in the scriptures, it says this, and now, O oh Lord, hear their hearts. Give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After this prayer, I say after. After this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. After they prayed. After they prayed, Lord, make us bold. They didn't go out and put the AirPods in and like start listening to music, try to get themselves all pumped up. Like, come on, let's get bold, guys. Let's go. They didn't do that. They weren't, they weren't ramping each other up. No, it simply said, after they prayed, they didn't work up their boldness. It says they went out and preached with boldness. After they prayed. Why? Because the Holy Spirit filled them. And when the Holy Spirit fills you, it will embolden you to do things that you're not normally willing to do. How many have ever had that happen in your life? Not as many hands. Let me understand, help you understand something. For those that don't understand about the Holy Spirit, let me tell you this. The Holy Spirit will convict and he comforts. He guides and he gifts. He embraces and he empowers. He will make you emboldened. So I want to tell you today, you need to be very careful that if you pray this dangerous prayer, Lord, make me bold. Guess what? You're going to experience the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to also say there's different ways that you can be bold. Some of you think it's certain ways. No, there's a lot of different ways that you can be bold. You can be bold by being a young adult or being out with friends and they're all talking about hooking up with somebody. And you're going to say, you know what? I don't do that. I'm going to save myself before for marriage. And you can be bold. Young people, you can be bold. I'll say it again, because I don't know if in our world today we really understand that, what that means of saving yourself before marriage. You can be bold and stand up. That's the way to be bold. Yeah. You, you can be bold when, when people start to gossip in your co-working place. They start to say things about other people or the boss or all this stuff. And you say, you know what, guys, we don't No, Sorry, we don't do that. It's not who we are. That's called being bold for Jesus. Why? It's because you have values. You, you can walk into a movie, be watching a movie, or maybe you're even at home and, and you're with friends or, you're, or maybe even alone and something comes up on the movie. You can be bold by getting up and walking out. You can be bold by changing the channel. Come on, somebody. You can be alone and be like, you know what? Nope, not going to do that. Click, 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 change the channel. You can be bold. But when everybody else wants to dress a certain way, and you say, you know what? I'm going to dress modestly because God made my body and it's not mine to own. It's God's and I'm going to dress modestly. I'm going to be bold. I'm going to be bold. You can be bold when the co-worker is hurting and they, they, you know that they need prayer. They need Jesus. You can be bold and say, hey, can I pray for you? You can be bold. You can be bold by inviting someone to church or bringing them. The church, you can be bold. When was the last time you invited somebody to church? Oh, I just go about my day and I go to the grocery store. Yeah, that grocery store clerk needs Jesus too. They're checking you out. You're there for three or four minutes. I know with me, it's like 20 because all my dang kids and all they want to eat. Hey, you got a church you go to? No, I actually been looking for it. Hey, I got a great one. Why don't you come check it out? I'd love for you to see it. Hey, here's the Instagram, blah, blah, blah. I don't even carry a business card. We don't carry them. We don't have them. We need to get them probably, but. Hey, check out social media, you know, check it out. You can be bold. So what I want to tell you today is Peter and John, they were incredibly bold. They kept preaching. Miracles kept happening. People kept getting saved. Keep reading Acts chapter four and Acts chapter five. Just go read it. I, I encourage you, go read it at home today. 
And, and the high priests, the religious leaders, they just kept getting more and more furious. They were getting angry with him. And so what they did, it says that they arrested the apostles, Peter and John, and put them in public jail. But an angel of the Lord came at night, opened the gates of the jail and brought them out. Then he told them, go to the temple and give the people the message of life. Are you seeing what's happening? They're getting furious. They get thrown back in jail. And it was crazy to me. My kids and I, I take them to school every morning and we pray before we go to school and if I had my son in here today, I'd say, what do we pray? And he would tell you, he says, we pray that we'll be good listeners, learners, and leaders. It's real simple because it's just three L's. Helps them easy to remember. It's just three things. Good listeners. My kids are stubborn. The ears don't work. We're going to be good learners because leaders grow, and we're going to be leaders. We're going to set the example. We're not just going to follow the crowd. We don't do that. I'm sorry. We were called to be unique. We were called to be a peculiar people as followers of Jesus. We will be leaders. And then we started praying something over these next, like these past several weeks and months. Because I knew the series was coming. I was like, you know, we're going to start praying this prayer. It's pretty dangerous. We're going to pray. And I said, so I start telling them, we're going to pray that God, you'll make us bold today. So my kids will tell you, if you go ask them, find them, find them out church. Say, what are the, what are the things that you pray before you go to school? They'll say, good listeners, learners, leaders, and God make us bold. They'll tell you. Every morning we do this. And this past Thursday morning, we were praying this prayer. And after we got done praying, Chandler goes, Dad, I got a question. I said, okay, son, shoot. We're about to pull up in the school, so we had a short amount of time. He goes, what if, and his word was, what, what if the president stops us from ever being able to worship Jesus again? Like, what if the church got shut down completely? Like, you couldn't have church anymore. I'm not talking COVID because we still had church. I'm saying, like, he was asking the question, like, what if it was, became illegal to worship Jesus. And I'm like, God, you just prayed. We just prayed the prayer, Lord, make us bold. I said, what would we do? He said, well, I'd keep worshiping Jesus. I said, that's right, because you're going to be bold for Jesus. And I don't care what, what man says or what a person says. We're going to be bold for God. And let me tell you, boldness always triggers spiritual opposition. When you're bold for God, it's going to trigger opposition every single time. Because why do I know this? Because look, it says again that they were arrested, the apostles, they put them in public jail. This is the second time in a week they were put in jail. And I talk to people all the time and they're like people that are following Jesus and they often say, you know, and I'm living for Jesus, but things aren't going so well. Listen, serving Jesus is not a formula to make things perfect in your life. That actually when you serve him faithfully and obediently and you do it right, guess what? There's opposition. Because we live in a sinful world. In fact, I don't worry anymore when there is opposition for my obedience. I don't even worry about it. I worry when there is none. Because that's probably the time that I'm triggering. Am I not being obedient? I'm not facing something. Am I not being? I don't pray for a comfortable life. I pray a life that, that is effective. And effectiveness is always going to trigger opposition. Always. And so they prayed the dangerous prayer, God, make me bold. And guess what? If you ever pray this prayer, you're probably going to be laughed at. You're going to probably be criticized. People will probably talk bad about you. People even may make fun of you at your school or your workplace. You may find yourself when you live for Jesus that you're just home alone on a Saturday night when all your friends want to be out playing and, and partying around. You might find that when you witness to somebody in school or your workplace that you're not in the popular crowd. You may find that when you stand up for God and stand up for your faith at work, that you get passed over when the promotion time comes. That might happen. But let me tell you this. If you're not ready to face opposition for your obedience to God, then you're not ready to be used by God. I'll say it this way. No boldness, no blessing. If you're not ready to be bold for God, then don't ask God to use you. Because that's a dangerous prayer. When you live a life of bold faith, let me tell you, you often see the hand of God move miraculously in your life. Boldness releases God's miracles. Boldness releases God's miracles. And when you, when you see the miracles of God happening in your life, I want you, I want you to see what happens even in this passage of Scripture. Watch what happens. I, know how, I love how Luke describes this, this passage in Acts 5.19. It says, but an angel of the Lord came at night, opened the gates of the jail, and brought them out. He just brought them out. Like Luke talks about it like it's just no big deal. They were in jail. 
Angel came, opened the gates, got him out. Like, this would be a big deal, right? If an angel showed up and, whoo, like the gates opened, and you just got put in jail, if an angel showed up, I'd be like, Lord, somebody take a picture, film this, put this on the gram. But it just happened. Like, no big deal. Luke is like, yeah, came, angel came, brought him out. They went on. Because let me tell you something, when you walk in obedience to God, you won't be surprised by the miracles of God. You won't be surprised. Because why? Because he just shows up. He's just faithful. He just moves mountains. He just opens prison doors. When you start praying, make me bold, you're going to see the power of God work miraculously in your life in ways that you've never seen before. And it'll just happen. God just does it. You won't be surprised by the miracles of God when you're bold for God. You won't be surprised. Let me say, you may, you may, you may pray out loud for the very first time. Maybe, maybe that's something new to you and you've never really done that. You may pray out loud for the very first time and you don't know how, but you start praying and all of a sudden, you just start praying with all this faith. You're like, where did this come from? God starts to work a miracle. You, you, may, you may pray, you, you may do something, you may, you may lift your hands in worship and you've never done that before. Maybe you've never set that example in front of your family, but you guess what? You start raising your hands in worship, you start being bold for God and you start to see God moving in your family like you've never seen before. You never know what might happen. You, you may get incredibly bold and return the tithe back to God and you become obedient to his word and you start to trust God. You start to say, whoa, God, where's this favor coming in my life? I've never experienced this before. You never know what might happen when you're bold for God. You won't be surprised by the miracles of God when you're walking in obedience to God. You won't be surprised. Let me tell you, last thing is boldness always requires faith. I know I'm taking time today, but you've got to hear this. You've got to hear this. You've got to hear this. Boldness always requires faith. And I promise you, when you pray this, you're going to have to live a life of faith in maybe ways that you've never lived before. The angel, the, the angel said to Peter and John after opening the prison doors, he says, go to the temple and give them the message of life. So at daybreak, the apostles entered the temple as they were told and immediately began preaching. What did the angel say? All right, I'll let you out. Go back and keep doing it. The thing that just got you put in here, guess what? I want you to go back out there and you're going to keep doing it. You're going to keep preaching. They may kill you. They may, they're going to threaten you. They may beat you. They may stone you. They may martyr you. But you're going to be bold for God. You're going to keep preaching the message of Jesus. Go out. Go do it. Go. Go do it. Go do what I told you to do. And let me tell you, you have no idea what God might set in motion with one single act of bold obedience. You never know what God might do when you have one single act of obedience. When you pray a dangerous prayer, a prayer that doesn't make sense, a prayer that is risky, a prayer that you're not going to have all the details for. Guess what? A prayer that's costly. It's going to require faith. It's going to require faith. So you may say, well, what happened to Peter and John? They were so bold for Jesus. What happened? I almost didn't put this part in here. But what happened to Peter and John? Okay, let me tell you what happened. After Peter and John were bold for God, they did all this. They did this for years. They went out and lived happily ever after. They settled down. They married. They had a couple kids. They started a consulting business. They made a lot of money. They retired early. And they bought a vacation home in the mountains. No, that's not what happened. Read your Bible. What really happened was this. Contemporary historians begin to tell us about John, that John was arrested again later down the line, probably many more times than what Scripture even tells us. Because of his boldness, he was placed in boiling oil to try to end his life. Why? For preaching the message of Jesus. It didn't kill him, though. And so what they ended up doing was they ended up sending him off and shipping him off on an island called Patmos, where he died there alone. That was what he got for his incredible boldness in Jesus. Peter, first century sources tell us, that he was martyred by Rome. Because he kept preaching the message of Jesus, they actually crucified him. But he felt not worthy to be crucified like Jesus was, so he said, crucify me upside down. That's my request. Because I'm not worthy to be crucified like Jesus. I almost didn't even want to tell you that. But let me tell you, it's not about what happened at the end of their life. It's about what happened, what they did with God used. It. Their boldness caused a trajectory to change in our entire world for the message of Jesus. Boldness always triggers opposition. 
And if you're facing opposition today, then guess what? You're probably doing it right. You should be grateful for the opposition that you're facing in your life. Well, James even tells us that it, it counted all joy. When you face trials, when you face tribulations, when you face heartache, when you face pressures of life, count it all joy. If you're not facing opposition today, then guess what? You're probably not doing it right. You're probably not doing it right. I'm going to ask the question again. How amazed are people at your boldness? Because if you know Jesus like I know him, if you've been forgiven like I've been forgiven, then you want to be bold. You want to let your light shine. You don't care if you face opposition because you want others to know the freedom and the grace that is available in Christ Jesus. Like, you want to. When your life's been transformed, you're like, who cares the cost? So what would happen if you prayed, God, make me bold? What would happen? What could God do in you? What could God do through you when you prayed the prayer? Now remember, it's dangerous. This is a dangerous prayer. This series is going to come for your life. You can be mad at me all you want to. I'm bringing it right out of the scripture. Be mad at me. I'll take it. That's the cost. Don't lie to me. I don't care if you remember my name. All I care is you remember what his word said. That's what I care. I'm here to be used as an instrument for his sake. So if I have to be martyred by people who don't like me and decide to leave, that's okay because I did it for his sake. That's the cost I'm willing to pay. Because I don't want us walking around some lazy Christians that don't know how to pray bold, bold prayers, that don't know how to pray things that are risky, that don't know how to pray things that are dangerous, because we serve an almighty God who is all-powerful, all-movable, like He can do anything. He is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, more than we can ask or imagine. He can heal the lame. He can cause cancer to be cancer-free. How many believe in a Jesus that is dangerous, that was not meant to be sick? Come on, why don't we give Jesus some praise? today. It's never meant to be saved. And this is hard. It's hard to receive this sometimes. But when you're incredibly bold for Jesus, I want you to say, when you stand up for God, he'll stand up for you. I'll tell you again, when you stand up for God, he's going to stand up for you. When you hold a value that's going to cost you something, he's going to stand up for you. He will. He will. Yeah, he will. I want to say something right now, and I'm not going to say it, but. Trying to be smart with my boldness. Someone said, "Be bold." I'm trying to be smart with it. Can I? Can I just? Can I talk to you very transparently and very vulnerably today? I, I, I do that most of the time. I promise you, I'm always honest. Can I tell you something that's a pet peeve of mine? Can I tell you? It bothers me, and I get it, there's, there's circumstances. There's a reason for everything. Please hear my heart today. Please hear my heart today. When we walk out at the end. It's very disrespectful to God's word. It's very disrespectful to the people who are on the edge of their seat trying to hear the word of God. And I know you may need to get to work and you may have an emergency. I get all that, but it's not worth five extra minutes in the parking lot. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. If someone's life is at stake. God. I don't care if you walk out on me, but don't walk out on them walk out on them because there's someone here today that today is their one day the day where someone's been inviting and inviting and inviting and praying and praying and they showed up 
and they're on the edge of their seat because they're hearing about this grace of Jesus and how he wants me to do some bold things in my life and he wants to change my life and someone starts to say, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, I gotta get out of here because I need to get out. Please don't do that because it matters to me and it matters to God that that person is here and you're here today. Someone's been praying for you. Someone's been inviting you. I know I've been praying, make me bold, but why you got to make me do it today? I've been sitting on this for a long time. Long time. It's not even in my sermon, y'all. I, I just. Please hear my heart today. I know I'm taking a few extra minutes, but please hear my heart today. It matters to God. I don't care if you remember my name. I just care that you remember what he said. We believe in honor here, honoring up, honoring down, honoring all around. We are honoring people. We don't, we don't honor people because, because they're meant to be honored. We honor because we're honorable. That's a message in itself, and I won't detour us anymore, but I just want you to say, I want to tell you today, be bold for Jesus. I just was just bold just now, so don't tell me that I don't do it. I want you to be bold for Jesus. And I want you to watch the miracles that come in your life. I want to watch the things that God does in your life. I want to watch God move on, on your behalf where miracles start to take place. You go, I don't know how that happened, but God. I had this whole thing planned at the end where I was going to have you stand if you wanted to be bold for God, but it seems like you're already standing because you want God to use you to be bold. If that's you today and you want God to help you be bold, to be bold in your workplace, to be bold in your school, to be bold in your family, to be bold in ways to see God move in miracles. To, if you want God to be bold in your life, to believe that prayer actually works. If you want God to be bold in your life, to see him move in miraculous ways. And if you're not standing, then I want you to stand. And I want us just to lift our hands to heaven this, this morning. Father, we don't want to, we don't want to be safe. We don't want to be predictable, but God, we pray this dangerous prayer today, just like Peter and John prayed in front of the entire church. Make us bold. Make us bold. God, I pray today that we would begin to see your miracle working power when we step up to be bold for you. And though we may face opposition and though things may try to come against us, we know in whom we believe. We know in what you've said that your word says. We know that you are the all-powerful, all-knowing God, that you can help us. You will be there for us. And God, we just pray for incredible boldness. We pray, Lord, that you would move in our lives in ways that we've never seen. I pray this week as we sit down and we begin to dialogue, what does it mean to be bold? I pray, Lord, that this week we find ways to be bold for you, Jesus. It may be one thing, it may be one step, it may be one comment, it may be one click of a channel, it may be one different little thing, but God, it is a step of being bold. I pray today, God, that you would make us uncomfortable to be bold for you, Jesus. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. With every eye closed, every head bowed in this room today, there's one more prayer I want to pray. And that was for the people I was just talking about a little bit earlier, that you've come here today, you've been invited, and you're hearing about the message of Jesus, the grace and the freedom that he wants to extend to you. I tell you, friend, God sent his son, Jesus, to become his own creation, to be crucified on a cross so you could have life to the full. He shed his blood for your sins. The Bible says that he... He took the cup, which represented the wrath of God, the wrath that we were supposed to endure. And he took our place, Scripture tells us. That his blood covers us, that one day when we stand before God the Father, and he says, he looks at us, he won't see us, because he'll see the, the blood of Jesus that covers us, which is his grace and mercy, and he'll stand before us and say, God, I paid it for them. If you want that at the end of your life, you stand before God one day, because we all will, and you don't know Jesus today, I want to give you that chance.
With every eye closed, every head bowed, if you're a believer, I want you to be praying for the unbelievers today. If that's you today and you say, I need Jesus, I want him to turn my life around, I need him to be in my life, I know that I hear now today that he extends grace and he's a good God and he is a great God and he is faithful, then I want him in my life. I need him to be Lord and Savior. If that's you, when I count down from three, I just want you to lift up your hands so I know who I'm praying with. If that's you, three, two, one, just lift them up, lift them up, lift them up. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lift them up. Lift them high. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, church. Let's celebrate with every single hand that's being raised today. People being bold. Come on, be bold today. Be bold for Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want us to pray this prayer together. But we pray it out loud. It's a confession that we're making, a prayer that Scripture tells us that in Romans 10, 9, if that we confess with our mouth, we believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord and that he was raised from the dead, it says that we will be saved. So let's pray that prayer together today. Everybody in this room, if you're online, from the other side of the screen, let's say it out loud. Say, Dear Jesus, come into my life. Help me to live a new life in you. God, I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on a cross for me. Today I ask that you forgive me of all my sin and help me to live a new life in you. I place my faith in you today. I place my hope in you. And I put my trust in you. Make me bold. In Jesus' name I pray. Jesus. And everyone said a big amen. If you just made the decision to invite God into your life, we would love to know. You can text SCSAVE to 97000. That way we can help equip you with some next steps for you to take along this new journey. If this message was a blessing to your life and you'd like to help support Skybreak financially, you can give online using the Skybreak Church app. Well, hey, we would love for you to join us in person this upcoming Sunday morning at 9.15. But until then, we hope you have a great week and we will see you Sunday.